Welcome to Harko FM, hosted by myself, Harko, and featuring my favorite musicians and the music they make. On a recent trip to Christchurch, I made it through the tunnel to Littleton, home of some of New Zealand's best songwriters and the studio of this week's guest, Ben Woods. I caught Ben on the eve of the release of his latest album, Dispeller, an atmospheric and starkly beautiful record that wraps classic songwriting in the sonic equivalent of the sea fog enveloping the port town as I arrived. We had a wonderful conversation in his studio, discussing the intentions behind the new record, working with magical intuitive beings, and the short film tied to the album. But first, please enjoy the song that kicks off Dispeller, It's Fame by Ben Woods. The atmosphere thing. Yeah. Because it is, it is, and like I said, I was I did the Pickle Darling show last night and that's a completely polar different artist to yourself. But 
that also has built their own kind of sonic universe. Yeah. And I would, similar for you, I would say as well, like, especially with this new record, you know, I've listened to it a couple of times back to front now and it just, it just has its own universe it's sitting in. Yeah, Um, that's cool. But there are also songs at the heart of all the songs. Yeah. And and it, and the one of the main like kind of nerdy questions that struck me when I was listening to it is like is is kind of a process one. Like how what comes first or are they are you are you going between them as the songs are approaching the atmosphere and the like first the heart. arrangement of the song first? Yeah. Like how does that work for you? Definitely the heart of the song first, though, right? The basic, get it there, you know. Um, I was talking to someone about this the other day, but it's that thing where I mean, I love like classic songwriters, and there's something that I think I don't know, yeah, when a song is good and someone's written it interestingly, or like they just have there's just a pull to it. You know, everyone has felt it, that thing where you just like, you know, feel very embraced by something really simple. Mm. And um, I love that. That's probably like, uh, maybe my favorite thing about it is that it's like, it's like the answer to a question, you know? Yeah. It's just that you're just suddenly like, you resonate, you know? It's very special. And I also, you know, enjoy a lot of, it's just two different things completely to me in a way that like there's that and then there's like experimenting with sound right and like really cool artists that make like you know might Mm. be like improvised or make like noisy stuff or you know use like you know strange homemade instruments i love all that stuff too but um yeah right they're two different spots you know real Mm -hmm. they're they're and so I go in first, I think, with the um, try get the use that impulse thing, you know, like try just get like the core of the song down as naturally as possible, and as just yeah, have that bit simple, you know, something that just like hits home, and then there's like the studio part, which is the opposite, you know, it's that edit thing. So you so there's like Ben Woods, the songwriter, and then there's and then there's Ben Woods, the producer. I suppose so, yeah. Almost sound designer in a way. Yeah. Well, it's funny you keep saying the atmosphere thing because that was the big part of this too, this Dispeller album. And honestly, probably the next thing that I'm going to do as well has been taking that same concept of... um, I guess, how would I put it? I guess with this album it was, no, with the first album it was like, here's a band that I have in my brain and I knew what it looked like and the instruments that were there and then with this one it became, I was like, ah, I mean, why would I do that? Why would I just have one band when it's up to me and suddenly every song can be different instruments and different collaborators and stuff like that and then I was trying to think about the actual production for the album and I was listening to heaps of stuff like, um, I'm trying to think, like Dirty Three or 
or like these kind of like really live sounding bands where yeah there's big like big open drum sounds and you can like hear the room and stuff and i really like that or like more like lo-fi recordings where there are you can hear people you know like fucking yeah hidden stuff and right or like you know just yeah soundscapes like that where you can just hear the environment and i wanted to have that but in a way that can be kind of limiting mm. and so i started thinking about it and having this room you know having the space that you're in like whether it's the studio or just like an imagined thing like having the space where the band that you put together for this one song is but then also trying to feel okay with having that room and suddenly you know halfway through a track or just flipping it on its head and suddenly there is no room or it's like a digital universe or it's um much bigger <laughs> or you know just like changing that so it feels yeah like your sense of space almost like you're getting vertigo or something because you suddenly know don't know where you're sitting you know
there a song on the record that for you really exemplifies looking back on it what you were trying to achieve with the record is there one where you're like i fucking nailed that one um, like or is it a bit too close is it so you're still a bit too close to it to really gauge that kind of thing in terms of that concept that we we're just talking about like the room thing well just in terms of like um i think the uh mission of the album if i could summarize it seems to be like we're going to i'm going to write these songs that are songs and then we're going to push uh all the layers on top of it into more interesting out there stuff you know what i mean yeah 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 and be free with it i mean in terms of pushing that the hardest i don't know if it's the best song but um it's definitely one of the more interesting ones is the song Speaking Belt that you might have heard. Yeah, the, it's the one with at the halfway Galbraith. point. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's because that was one where I had like a recorded song that did sound like a band. And um, I got, I asked Alistair if he would do some vocals on it. And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then um, I kind of just assumed that he would just do some like spoken word thing or just any sort of interesting thing but it would just be like you know his voice so i was like cool then waited and waited and he got back to me and sent me the um what he'd made and it was just like him putting his voice through like tape loops and kind of being like right all these kind of like it was pretty intense and um when i got that I was like, oh, whoa, this this kind of changes <laughs> changes the song for me. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to have to just like be more creative with this and work with it. Like I, I asked him, I think, for the raw recording or something. Mm. And he was like to me, Ben, I'm an intuitive, magical person. <laughs> like this is it, you know, this is all you're getting. And... I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> he's so he's so good. <laughs> like, I'm such an idiot, you know? And um, and because of that, it kind of made me go, oh, yeah, all right, this is what we're dealing with. This is how it should be. Like, this is great. Now I'm going to go into it and I'm going to be really free with it. And so mm. I pretty much, like, remixed the whole song. And that was from the original recordings we did with a whole other thing in mind. I just, like, you know kind of throw it all chopped it up and put it back together and that was one that because as well we just like got the stems from the recordings and they were unmixed and just like then remixed those so like it's really dry and unmixed sounding sounds we're using so when i'm singing and playing acoustic guitar it sounds really like we've done fuck all to it you know it's just like it sounds kind of 
not great <laughs> in a lot of ways, but that adds to it. It's got a real like roomy and um, natural sound in a way that it's just like you've pointed a mic at something. But then mixing that with, you know, suddenly it'll be like that and then there'll be kind of distorted, blown up sounding speakers coming from different sides of the room and then it gets all swallowed up and it's just you and um, like down a hallway with, with, with Alistair's voice who's kind of on the other side of the room kind of just like <laughs> and then suddenly explodes and becomes like fully digital, you know? Yeah. And that was, yeah, that definitely illustrates the point I, get, I guess, you know? I think so and I think it was a very good decision to put it where it is in the track list as well. Yeah. I really, it, it, um, it serves as such a great, it's the weirdest palate cleanser in the world in yeah. a sense between the two halves. I um, definitely had some moments where I was like, I don't know if this is right. But it, but, <laughs> but the thing is it's still, and that's what I mean, it still fits in the universe. Yeah, I think it, so too. It, it does not stand out in, in in the way of like, oh, this is a different sound. It's still, it just feels like we're walking around this planet and we've accidentally opened the wrong door for two yeah, yeah, minutes yeah, and we've found yeah. like some, some deep dark thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still very of the planet. It's just like a, a the dark cave we don't usually walk into. Absolutely. You know? And like, I know, I love making stuff like that. And I think it's like, it would be doing myself a disservice to be like, oh, this is going to be too much, you know? Yeah.
What would be the like ultimate perfect setting for the enjoyment of a to live Ben Wood set? Yeah. Yeah. Like where do you imagine your music um being set? Yeah. I'm gonna have to just think about it for a second. So we'll um we'll throw to an ad from the sponsors. Nice. Um feel like I like theatres but it's hard with big venues you know like I don't like a sit down venue really no. okay but there's something nice about that attention you know but then also I really can't stand like big big live shows where everyone stood up and it becomes like Especially when you're playing like, you know, music that, well, I mean, it can be different really. It changes everywhere. But, you know, sometimes when it's really raucous, it's like not super nice. So I think like what I love is somewhere that's, it feels like DIY in a way, not like heavily, not like a garage or anything like that, you know, but just like. I guess like a club space, but something that's yeah. like got a little more attention to um, atmosphere. Kind of like a mixture between a theatre and a a really nice lounge or living room. Something that I just, yeah, but, you know, bigger, but like just something that's just toned down, you know? I think like the less, less is better, you know? Right. Because I feel like you don't want any too much external... Um, Distraction. Yeah, I guess so. You know? I feel like the music's very... And the band is quite... I've, I've had some people play with me and they reckon it's like kind of like... I'm trying to think of a better word, but all I can think of right now is like meditative in that a lot of the music's quite simple. But... And like quite slow. But there's a lot of like... It's like my friend Luke, I think, said, who plays in World Series. He played bass with us and he was like, like the songs are probably a lot easier to play than like some of the stuff in his band, but he's like, it's not about learning the songs. It's about like feeling the songs. And it takes like when you're rehearsing, you're like, yeah, I know this song. It's like three notes on bass <laughs> the whole way through, you know? But then like you get to that extra point where suddenly you're like, starting to like feel each other blur into one another mm. and you're kind of like becoming this one that's like that's ideal you know when we're doing it good i think and so i feel like with that you want somewhere that's just any venue really but somewhere that's like yeah dark and just has like a lot of it's easy to like hold attention to something that's like kind of just you know being quite the word it was bringing the audience in as opposed to going out to the audience and punching yeah them in yeah the face. you gotta yeah. yeah totally you gotta like get to it it's not gonna like necessarily always like pull you in yeah in like a way that's like bah. well that's 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 an interesting answer because i'd say it's very similar to the music itself where it's like it's quite a your music rewards the listener who is paying attention do you know what i mean yeah like a lot of music lots of different genres can be about 
grabbing attention and hitting the person mm-hmm. over the face and that's kind of the thing yeah um and it's great with your music i think that often with that stuff if, if the person's like i really want to dig into this that's when it's like oh there's not too much underneath that's not really what the song was meant to do it's not meant to have all these layers but so a, a, a patient listener or someone who wants to kind of is into a lot of depth you can't really get much out of it but with your music it's like a treasure trove of that kind of stuff mm. um, which, is, which is really it's cool definitely interesting trying to like play it as well because I do want a bit of that you know I mm. want to be able to like I feel like with the recordings sometimes it can be easy and nice to just yeah like let it simmer whereas bringing it to a live show has been funny especially with like different bands because like right. we were talking about earlier like there is one band when it's live you know mm, yeah and so it's funny having to like get all those different ideas or spaces or bands or whatever I had in my head when we were like going through <laughs> the songs recording and be like, all right, this now needs to become. We do have to pick one we need now. To get one in the middle. You yeah, know, it has to work. And I think we're doing pretty good with that at the moment. Yeah. 
No, no, and um, I was going to ask about that because the, there is a tour for the album coming out. Yeah, in September. Um, how are you feeling about the live shows? How are you feeling about specifically the new songs coming mm. into the live shows and playing them? Just better and better. It's so good, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun. It's just like yeah, it gets. I feel like the longer we do it, the more we get into the groove and kind of understand what we're interested in as like a group, and it changes a bit, but. I think we've kind of got a pretty constant group at the moment. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so nice. Now it's, for the first couple of years, it was like four-piece band situation and it was like me mostly trying to do like, I guess, solos and stuff and like do a lot more guitar work, which is nice. But I got kind of... A little bit tired of trying to like be Prince every now and again, you know, like just having to be like, all right, this the is only, like yeah. the instrumental. And like maybe in one of the recordings, there'd be an instrumental section, but there'd be like four different things mm. doing small things together, and that would bring this lift, you know. Whereas I was like, ah, oh, like we can't do that unless we have like samplers, but I feel like that wouldn't be that nice. Yeah. You know, there's a limit with that stuff. And, um, and so it would just be like, all right here I go <laughs> and like you know whereas now it's more like we've got my friend Ruben playing with us who's like an amazing saxophone player just horn player really and just like I guess like creative mind I want to say like he's just like really yeah listens deep in my opinion and he's playing horns but in a way that's like to me is so satisfying to like sing songs next to because it's not like Springsteen yeah. style or like, you know, that um what's that band? Um is it Roxy Music? Have you seen videos of them playing? There's a six man playing, he's just like <laughs> just like pointing his fingers in the air and like being like so pumped and like spinning his like thing upside down. That would be a, a very interesting dichotomy to Ben Woods. 
Yeah, well, that's as well. Like, I feel like that's where people go sometimes when they're like rock music. Right. Well, you know, vaguely rock music mm. with like saxophones. So they just start being like, all right, this is going to be like bring the house down, like heavy hitting. Whereas Ruben is just like, he can sit so nicely. He knows where it needs to go. He's like going outside and inside in regards to like where it's melodic or where it's like textural. And mm. like, it's just so much fun to have that. And then it means, you know, and then we've got, um, Ryan, do you know Ryan Chin? Yeah. Ryan Fisherman. I think we played, our bands played together when we were like all ages high school scene at, yeah. cre at, at that old at venue creation. creation. My band played that night. Did it? I think. What band's that? Uh, we were called the River Jones. I remember the River Jones. Yeah, that was like my first. Oh my God. Kind of like. What band was I? That might have been at These Dancing Wolves one. Oh no, New York Minutes probably at the time. And then. Uh, I don't know if it's that night or a different night, but we tried to go uh, see the elephants at um, one creation night before a big day out. We The uh, circus was in Hagley Park. Oh, no. And we all... Went to go see some caged beasts. We, the <laughs> idea was let's go free the elephants. Oh, yeah. And we all snuck into the... into the, <laughs> into the circus area. And if I didn't... Hey, I did it, but a few people got into the elephant like area, and then obviously check it out because what kind of a maniac would actually let elephants go? But by that time, yeah. the security and cops had turned up, so it was <laughs> time to hit the road anyway. Was that the same night that like twenty or something bands were playing all throughout the day, and it was like it might have been a birthday thing? Yeah, I think it might have been that. Transistors well. didn't get to play, and it was kind of weird. And there was like. Yes, I think this is really jogging some last? memories. I think so. Yeah, we definitely played at nighttime. Yeah, yeah, I remember loosely <laughs> this thing, and then transistors were like, "What the fuck?" Like we've been waiting for like we've been at this gig for like nine hours because it to ran. Play. Yeah, they're like it went over time, and there was like all these like the owners of that place seemed like kind crazy of sketchy. Yeah, and there was like a security guard who wasn't a security guard kind of vibe, who was like, "No, nah, this has you got to go," and it was kind of like, "Oh, you're more threatening." Yeah. Than a security guard. We'd, like, we'd driven up from Timaru to do that show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, it was weird, eh? Um, I love that, though, kind of. <laughs> with the with the saxophone thing. Oh, sorry, yeah. Um, it reminded me, like, I, I kind of know exactly what you talk... I can imagine what it's going to be like. <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but from watching, like, The War on Drugs live so much. Oh, yeah. I've seen them, like, two or three times now. They're, like, my favorite live band. Um, and they've got a member who does keys and stuff as well, but often does a lot of, has got a big baritone saxophone mm. and it's kind of for like bedding and wall of sound and behind yeah. everything that's going on. And it yeah. just gives, it gave such a big, I don't know, big lift and big power to, to that band live that like even bass guitars and yeah, guitars could, couldn't do. And, and that was when like, I was like, Oh, that was when I was like, oh, brass in bands doesn't have to be the like... Yeah, that's I thought it was the worst for so long. Yeah, yeah, Well, like just in rock or like guitar bands and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it's definitely opened up a lot in a really exciting way. And like I was going to say before I went on my little tangent, um, Ryan also is good like that in that he can just kind of... He just moves between so many things in a really like satisfying way where it can be like guitar and synth and vocals and um, lap steel and stuff. But it all, you know, when you have access to those things, mm. 
he just knows, I guess that's it. I feel like he just knows how to serve the song really well.
right? I was wondering if you've seen the movie we made. What's the movie called? It's just like a... Um, it's called Dispeller as well. It's like a short film we made with the record. No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's something I'm really excited about. So I wanted to Shut mention that, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's going to be hosted, where, where will people be able to watch it? YouTube. People can watch it, I think, by the time this comes out on YouTube, it's getting. It's going to be put out in podcast time right now. I think tonight it's going to be premiered by uh, The Fader. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So it's going to yeah pop up, but I think next week I'll just make it public. How how long is it? It's quarter of an hour. Yeah, cool. And it's cool because um, it just, it's really nice in the way that it gives, I feel like it gives a face to all the things that I've kind of been trying to talk about with you and mm. the album and that like, it all feels like kind of, I don't know, I speak about it, I feel, in like a kind of somewhat surreal way sometimes where I'm not really sure of where it sits and I'm talking about, you know, all these different spaces and things. And um, I feel like that's a really cool way to hear it because it's got like shots of um, like round here. We like me and Martin, Martin Sagadin directed it and it was just us two. And we were walking like down the street down here and like getting all this kind of like footage that's kind of... Um, you know, kind of like dirty and grainy and real satisfying. And we've put it to like some of my demos that I was working on around the time of writing the album. Wow. And so it's like montage like that little bits and like home recordings and um, some stuff in town, and like by the Bishop oh, Tanks exciting. and all these things. And then there's like at the studio, we recorded it at, have you been to the sitting room before? Um, No. It's just like one minute on the same street that way. Okay, right. Um, But we did three performances there with like um some of the people who are like collaborated on the album and some people who weren't who were just in my band and like different groups and different oh. settings and there's like horns and some and then there's like a little like outside synthy thing with just me and ryan and there's like a full band performance of my favorite song on the album probably which is the last one with lucy hunter who's amazing um, yeah and so like i'm real that's i'm very excited about that so
What a wonderful album. I'm a big fan of Ben's, and I think this is the first of his great albums. It was a real pleasure to share in a small part of his world, and to get a sense of his mindset so early into the release of the record. Thanks to Ben Woods for being so gracious with your time. Make sure you support him by streaming or buying the record, Dispeller, and head out to see Ben Woods on tour in September. And thank you for tuning into Haku FM. I hope you found a new favourite artist. And as always, you can hear the full unedited conversation on the Haku FM podcast and the Haku FM YouTube channel. Thank you for supporting independent music media. To play us out, it's Teething by Ben Woods.